0: Good morning, everybody. Welcome again to Front Range. My name is Johnny, one of our pastors here. So excited to be with you guys this morning, especially if it is your first time. Thank you for spending your morning with us, whether you're here in the room, the courtyard, or watching online. We hope this is a place where every single person can build community, discover your purpose, and grow in your faith. Uh, If you've been coming to Front Range for a little bit, you may know that our lead pastor, uh, Ernest, Injured his tongue a couple of weeks ago. If you're on social media, you probably got hit with that picture if you follow him. Anybody wish he may have put a disclaimer up first? Yeah, a couple of folks. Thank you. That was the, I was like, bro i got to warn people, man. Nobody. Anyway, it's hard for a preacher to preach when they have a tongue injury. He'll be back with us next Sunday, though. Thank you guys for praying for him. Just keep praying for the pain to go away, for him to heal up, uh, and he'll be back next week. Today, though, we are continuing our series called Blessed, and we're talking about generosity and money. And we all know this is awkward. It's awkward for you. It's awkward for me talking about money, and for good reason. There's been, uh, unfortunately in the church, a lot of pressure, uh, people taken advantage of, just some bad theology, things like that. But we want to normalize talking about generosity in church because it's normal for God. Jesus talked about money more than anything else, more than heaven and hell combined. He talked about it a lot, and it's normal, and it's related to how we follow him, to our discipleship in following Jesus. Money has a huge, huge, it plays a huge, huge role in following Jesus. And so that's why we're doing this series. And today we're going to continue a little bit from last week where we talked about how it starts with our heart. And today we're going to talk about um, our goal for our generosity and the roadmap to get to where God uh, wants us to go in our generosity. Now talking about a roadmap and a goal, let me ask you a question here. How many folks, guys included, stereotypical, but how many of us have gotten lost on a trip before? Dudes, Let's be honest. I know, I know. Again, it's a stereotype, but it's true. We don't want to admit it, right? Um, A couple of weeks ago, I got lost, and I'm not going to blame the driver. I'm not even going to name the driver because Pastor Ernest would be embarrassed. But um, (laughs) we, uh, we we had a men's retreat a couple of weeks ago, and seriously, I know this sounds like a joke, it was the GPS's fault. It really was. We went down about two hours south of here, and our GPS, we stopped for dinner. Our GPS took us a completely different route than everyone else. Literally, no one else went this route, but our GPS told us, go that way. So we go up. We got to a point where um, it was telling us to take a left, and on the map there was a road, and to the left was a campsite. And we were like, that's not a road, dude what what do we and so we stopped trying to figure out where we are and we saw off in the distance we thought we could see some cars and maybe the retreat center, right? We're like trying to figure out, is that a building? I can't really tell. And then we got back in the car, and we started going, and we were on a road that the GPS didn't think existed. So just totally, totally just like all off, all out of sorts. Um, How many of you know you get a certain distance out of civilization, and all bets are off with the GPS? That's where we were at. We thought about like hiking it. It was was a whole thing. We eventually made it uh, two hours late. But how many of you know if you've gotten lost before, you need two very important things? You need a destination, you need to know where you're going, and you need good directions. Not just directions, you need good directions. And I think it's that way in many areas of our life. We need a goal, we need a destination, and we need good directions. So that's what we're talking about today in this area of our lives our finances. And so I want to ask you a question What is the goal for your finances? What are the things that you're hoping for, the things that you're aiming for, or what you dream about, what you think about in this area? It could be many different things. You could you could dream about or think about or aim for making enough money, saving saving enough money to leave uh, a legacy for your family, for your children. Maybe you're building up that four hundred and one k. You want just the best retirement possible. Maybe you want to build or buy your dream home. Maybe you want enough to just have financial security and just not have to think about it anymore. some of you are like, dude, I just want to make it to the next paycheck. And I get you. I've been there before. Maybe you just want to pay off debt. But what is your goal? What are you aiming for? And then more importantly, what is God's goal for our generosity, for our finances? We're going to look at Matthew chapter 6, where Jesus cuts right to the heart, literally, of where we invest our money. So if you've got a Bible, you can open up to Matthew chapter 6. Um, if you don't have a Bible, it'll be on the screen, but we'd also love to give you a Bible. You can stop by the Blue Connections tent in the courtyard uh, or let us know online. We'll, we'll mail you one. We just want you to have a Bible that you can read, um, that you can understand, and that you can carry with you. So uh, stop by there if you don't have one. But we're going to read Matthew chapter 6, verse 19. Jesus says, Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moths and vermin destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where moths and vermin do not destroy, and where thieves do not break in and steal. And this is the key here. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Jesus makes it clear that if we are hoarding a bunch of resources, if we're just storing things up here on earth, that it's not the best place for us to invest. That moths and vermin will destroy, some translations say rust will destroy, that thieves can break in and steal. He's trying to make us realize that there is a better place for, for us to invest our resources, and that place is the kingdom of God. That place is where God is at and what God is doing. Now, is Jesus saying that there's a bank account in heaven that we should be investing into? No, no. I wonder what the um, uh, return rate would be on that investment, though. Eternity. One and a half percent for eternity might be pretty good. But what he's trying to get us to realize is that it matters, It matters what we do with our resources. It matters where we invest. We can store it all here on earth for ourselves, or we can invest in the things of heaven, the kingdom of God and what he's doing, and it'll never go to waste. It'll never be destroyed. And that last sentence, like I said, is the key. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. To say it a slightly different way, what Jesus is trying to help us understand is that our hearts are drawn to where we give. Our hearts are drawn to where we give. In the language of the Bible, the heart is not just the beating organ inside your chest. It represents our deepest desires, our reason, convictions, emotions, our will. It's this sort of all encompassing term for who we are and, and, and what, we're, what we're invested in. And where we put our money, our treasure, creates a different sense of value in our hearts. And how many of you know God cares a whole lot? about our hearts and what we value the most. Now, I think we get this, this, this where our hearts are drawn and what we put value in. How many of us have owned a car at some point in our lives that's at least like 10 to 15 years old? Maybe your first car. Some of us, yes. My first car, uh, 1986 Chevy Blazers, black and gray. The thing would barely crank. It had ba- bad wiring. And it, was, it was an awful car, and I beat it up, too. I put that thing on some dirt roads and messed it up. And I didn't care. Because the value of that car was not very much for me. And I was young and dumb and my dad helped me buy it. But how many of you know, you put your own money into something like uh, the electric F-150 that Pastor Jeff talked about a couple weeks ago. That, or last week, uh, that that when you put your money into something like that, it has a whole lot more value in your life. You're going to treat that thing differently. You're going to make sure... That you're parking in certain places that no crazy people around you are going to throw their doors open. Y'all know what I'm talking about? I get so angry when I find those dents in my car. Uh, You're going to make sure your kids never, ever, ever, ever bring food in that car or that truck because you're trying to take care of this thing. You value it differently. Your heart and your emotions are drawn to that thing because you've invested in it. Jesus is wanting us to understand that our hearts are drawn to where we give and that this, this place that our hearts are drawn to, it affects our entire lives. It's a big, big deal what we do with our money and where we invest. I want to illustrate this a little bit differently. I want to introduce you to a friend, uh, a friend of mine named Abigail. Abigail lives in Turkana, Kenya. And I have been paying $42 a month for just under a decade to provide food and education and medical care, if necessary, for my friend Abigail. And my wife and I have been doing that. We got to meet her on a mission trip a couple of years ago with Front Range, and we love her. We love uh, seeing her progress, seeing her growth. We love being able to support and care for her. Our hearts are invested in Abigail's life and in changing the trajectory of her her life. We believe in supporting her. That $42 a month is nothing to us because we know that this little girl has a, a leg up in the world and she is able to take steps forward and grow, and that we're seeing her village, the region of Turkana, Kenya, is changing because people like us are supporting people like her and we're helping. We're doing whatever we can to give and to be invested in her life. And it means nothing to us. $42 a month is easy. That is like we want to see this girl's life change. The $3,000 around that to go on a mission trip, to go see her and help support the people in Kenya, no big deal for us. We are invested in their lives, and we want to give in order to see God move in their lives and to see his kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven in that region. We love being able to support her. That's what Jesus is talking about, that where we give, where we invest, our hearts are drawn there too. And this, this makes me think about our church and the investment opportunity that we have as a community to invest in God's kingdom and what he's doing in and through this church. Like, my children right now, as I speak to you, are in a room right out that door over there, and they're having fun, first of all, way better than sitting in here and listening and listening to me. Um, they're having fun, they're making crafts, and they're hearing about Jesus. They're learning the stories of Jesus. They're learning that God loves them and he wants to be their friend forever. And we get to invest in a church that blesses and cares for our children and teaches them about Jesus. We get to invest in a church with our our custom student ministry that reaches the youth of our community where mental health challenges and suicide are far too prevalent. And children, kids just like me at age 15, hopeless lost, wondering what this life is all about. We get to invest in a student ministry that looks at them and says, I love you because God loves you and you're welcome here. And we want to invest in your life. We want to help you. We want to tell you about Jesus and point you in the direction of following him. We get to invest in that kind of ministry. We get to invest in a church that has uh, decided that we don't want to see any families or children go hungry in our community. So we have a food pantry that's set up to partner with local schools and provide meals for people in need. We're a church that's given away over $700,000 that started 29 other churches, helped start these churches that can do these very same things in their communities. A church that invests in marriages and families through counseling support and many many, many other things that could go on all day long. In fact, we do this every Sunday in the middle of our service. Someone gets up here and says, you are giving and it's making a difference. Thank you for your generosity. And we highlight different partners and people and opportunities and ways that we get to partner together and invest in the kingdom of God and make a difference in the world around us. If you're ever interested, you want to check out Um, where my money goes, there's literally a page on our website under the giving tab that says, where does my money go? And you can go and see the money that we've given away and the things that we've given to and the partners that we have. Check it out. I could go on and on and on all day. But if if you call Front Ranger home, if you give here, you get to celebrate with us every week and say, I gave to that. We're talking about the difference that you're giving is made and you can go, man, I did that. God worked through me and through this seemingly small amount of money that I gave to something and God is using it and he's making a difference. You get to celebrate with us because we can't do this without you. We cannot do this without you. We need you. The children of our community need you. The students of our community need you. The hungry and hurting need you. The faithless and hopeless need you. We need you to not store up your treasure here on earth just for yourself. We need you to make a choice to invest in the kingdom of God, to invest in what he is doing and to move in power through what we give to him. And really, what better return on investment is there than investing in God's kingdom? And his plan A for reaching the world around us, the body of Christ, the church. What better way can we use our treasure? That's the goal for each of us when it comes to our generosity and what God has for us. It's to trust him and to invest in the things of heaven, not just the things here on earth. But how do we get there? What can, we, what can we use as a roadmap to get there? We're gonna talk about something that we as a church call a giving ladder. We believe that there are steps that we can take in our generosity going from zero to sacrificial. And I'll outline the steps here in a second, but I want everybody to just look at me for a moment. If you tuned out, just eyes on me for a second. Everybody online as well. Before we get into this, before we talk about these steps, I need you to hear me very clearly. We are not after your money. Okay? We talked earlier about how awkward it is to talk about money, and for good reason. It's awkward. People have done some horrible things. We are not after your money. We want more for you than we want from you. We believe that God has a plan for generosity in each of our lives, and that it's closely tied to following him, and that's why we talk about this. That's why we give steps for how to take some next steps in our generosity and following Jesus, okay? I just want to make sure we're all on the same page here. We are not out to get your money. So, We call this our giving ladder, and it starts at the very bottom for someone who may be giving nothing. We believe that a next step for you is to go from nothing to something, right? Nothing to something, and something could be whatever that looks like for you, man. You come in on a Sunday morning, you got a bill in your pocket, you drop it in the box before you leave. I've done something, okay? Going from nothing to something, we believe, is a step for some folks. And if you've never given before, you may be there, and there's no shame in that. We believe that you can take that next step and start giving something. The step from there is to go from something to significant. We define significant as a percentage. As you deciding intentionally, I am going to give a percentage of my income to God's kingdom. I am going to decide 2%, 5% and amount on a regular occurrence every other week, monthly, whatever that looks like. I'm going to decide to significantly give a portion of my income. Maybe that's a next step for you. If you're there, your next step may be, may be to go from significant to tithing. If you've been in church for a while, you're like, "Why well, you didn't start there. It's okay, all right? We believe in tithing, and I'll explain that in a second. But we know that not everyone can jump in with both feet and start giving 10% of their income. So we have created some steps to help you get there, but we believe that tithing is the floor for followers of Jesus. We believe that scripture teaches tithing and that it teaches us, even in the New Testament, that we should continue tithing to God's kingdom. And so we do believe that that is the basic uh, expectation for followers of Jesus, that we would step into that and give God 10% of our resources. Now the tithe is taught throughout scripture as um, literally a tenth and people would give to God the first fruits, the, the first tenth, of their increase and that was usually the best part of their livestock or their crop and so they would turn to God and acknowledge him and worship as their provider and they would say God you have provided for me I've received an increase and as a result I'm going to give you back a tenth of it I'm going to just go ahead that belongs to you because you're my source you're my provider and it's meant to keep God's people humble and trusting in him as our provider, that we would recognize that every increase we have comes from him. And again, we believe that this is the floor of our giving for followers of Jesus, that that is where God expects us to get to eventually. But we also believe that that's not the end goal. Now, if you've grown up in church, you may think, or you may have thought that, man, tithing, that's it, 10%, done, I did what God expected of me. But it's actually more in scripture, not more of an amount, but more about your heart. God desires that we would live sacrificially, and that's our last step on our giving ladder. that we would go from tithing to sacrificial giving. Sacrifice. This is at the heart of following Jesus. It's all about that kind of sacrifice, that we would go above and beyond just the bare minimum and that we would feel it, that we would, we would give in such a way to and for other people that it would cause us to pause and have to go, ooh, but if I give that, Then God, I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna need you to show up in this area. And guess what? That's the point. That we would turn to God and go, Lord, I feel like you're calling me to sacrifice in this way to support these other people, to support this cause, to support your kingdom and what you're doing. But I'm gonna need you to show up and help me in this area. He desires that we would live and give sacrificially. We are called as followers of Jesus to deny ourselves to die to ourselves, to follow Jesus. And where are we following him? The cross, where he gave everything for us because, don't miss this, his heart is drawn to you. His heart is drawn to you, and he gave to be in a relationship with you. Giving is an act of intentionality, it's an act of sacrifice, and it's an act of worship, to surrender what we have and say, God, I'm going to trust you. I'm going to give back to you and ask for you to move in my life. And you may be thinking, Johnny, this is great, and I'm with you, and I want to do this, but things are tight how do I do this? How, I, I need some help here, and I get that. And that's where we're going to go next week. We're going to get super practical next Sunday, so join us for that. But today we want to issue a challenge. We want to ask you to just take a next step in your generosity. And let me pause because if you're if you're a kid watching online, if you're a student watching online, or in the room or in the courtyard, you may be thinking like, "That's great, uh, you know, I, I don't have a steady income or I get an allowance, but man, what?" What would be better than building into your life right now steps of generosity and building into your heart this idea that God is your source, God is your provider, and giving is something that he calls each of us to do. There would be nothing better to me. I wish someone had taught me as a child the value of sacrificial giving for other people. This would be huge if you're a child or a student listening to this. Just don't count yourself out is what I'm saying. So... I've showed you our giving ladder. What I want to do is ask you, everybody in the room and in the courtyard, uh, grab the pieces of paper that are under your seat. If you're watching online, we'll uh, put a link in the chat to this. This is what we want to invite everybody to be a part of today. This is a 90-day generosity challenge. We want to ask you to spend some time praying this morning about where you're at in this ladder, where you're at in your generosity, and what next step you can take. This is between you and God, okay? We've got a spot for name and email on here, but please hear me clearly. No one is going to be checking on you, all right? No one is going to be going, oh, you said you are gonna do this, but you didn't do it. No one's doing that. We have a spot for your name and your email on here because we want stories. 90 days from now, we wanna follow up and say, let's talk about this challenge and what God did. Can we hear how he moved, how he spoke, how he changed things? What did he do in you? What did he do through you? We want stories of how God changes our lives through generosity. And so we're asking you to commit to 90 days, to commit to this challenge for 90 days, not six months, not a year, nothing like that. Imagine what God could do if each one of us said, I'm going to go from where I'm at right now to the next step. I'm going to take a step closer to God's heart and God's desire for generosity in my life. Imagine the things that we could fuel, the things that we could fund, the change, the life change that we can see through different opportunities. God is our source. God is our provider, and he has a plan for how we respond to that. So would you guys spend the next couple of minutes as we go into response time and just consider where you're at. I'm going to tell you what to do with this card in just a minute. We're going to ask you to take a next step and to do something with this. But just pray and say, God, where am I at, and what do you want me to do with this challenge today? And here's the deal. This whole generosity thing, at the heart of it all is the gospel. At the heart of it all is the fact that God loved us so much that he sent Jesus to die for us. We love because he first loved us. We give because he first gave to us. I believe that as we take steps in this, this area that we, we kind of try to keep money off to the side, right? Like, like reading scripture and, and prayer and like, yeah, man, I'm, I'm into all that kind of stuff but my money. All right, we're not gonna talk about my money. But if we take steps in this area, if we more closely align with God's heart of generosity, I believe we are drawn closer to him. That where we invest, where we put our resources draws us closer to him, to, to when we're investing in his kingdom and in his church. So let's do that together. Let's take this challenge together and let's see how God moves. Let's pray. God, we thank you so much for the opportunity, Lord, that many of us, we can sit here knowing how blessed we are and that you've provided for us, many of us generously, God. And Lord, we now wanna turn our attention to what you've given to us and ask what you want us to do with that. Lord, you've given to many of us for a purpose. You have plans for each of our lives, including our generosity. Speak to us right now, God. Speak to us and guide us on how we're to live in this area according to your will, according to your word. God, I know that as we're talking about this, there may be some folks watching online or joining us in person. It's like, man, all this money talk is great, man, but I just need some hope right now. I just need some peace. I've made a mess of my life. I need help. I didn't come here today to hear about money. I came to hear about life and something that's gonna change my life. And I get that. And we're so glad that you're here. And the thing that you're looking for is a person. His name is Jesus. And as everybody's heads are bowed and eyes are closed, I just wanna speak to those folks today who may have shown up and you just need some hope. I believe that that can be found in Jesus. And I wanna invite you to take some steps, to give your life to him, to surrender, wherever you're at this morning, to say, God, I have tried to make things happen on my own. I've tried to make something of my life and I've messed things up and I'm empty. Whatever I've been trying to do, whatever I've been seeking, it has not given me what I've been wanting out of it. I feel empty. The world is a mess I'm angry, I'm anxious, I'm stressed. I need peace. If that's you this morning, I'm not gonna embarrass you or ask you to call, come forward or any of that. I wanna pray for you. I wanna invite you to follow Jesus. Would you just slip your hand up with me and we'll pray together that God moves in our hearts and in our lives. God, I thank you for these folks this morning. Lord, we do come to you with all of that stuff, all of the junk of our lives. We lay it at your feet. Save us, Lord. God, we want to trust you for our salvation. We want to put our hope and our faith and our trust in you. Jesus died on the cross for us to pay the price for our sins, to restore our relationship to you, God, and we receive that sacrifice. We trust you. Lord, we want to start taking steps today. Whether it's just one step, one right after another, God, we want to start following you and living in the way that you have called us to live. And we're going to mess up. We're going to fall back. We're going to do things wrong, God. But we need your help. Lord, I ask for you to fill us with your spirit. Empower us to live the life that you have called us to live for your glory, God. And we thank you.